This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, hey, everybody. How you doing? Man, I'm excited about the day. It's, it's a good day. It's a good day to be in the second service because that means you guys were like, I know I'm losing an hour of sleep, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to be in the second service. I'm still going to make time to be in church, and I'm so excited that you're here with us today. We're kicking off a new service, or a new series uh, called Gifted. And uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to lean into the, the question, what are spiritual gifts? Uh, what, what does that mean for us? We're actually going to spend some weeks going through specific spiritual gifts. Um, I think you're going to find that it's going to be really, really helpful. Now, if you're part of our church, let me just make you aware of something we got coming up. On March the 20th, which is next Sunday night, we have something that we call Leadership Collective. Leadership Collective is a gathering of leaders. Now, you might say, well, I'm not a leader. If you're mom or dad, you're a leader, okay? If you're running a business, you're a leader. Uh, if you're managing at work, you're a leader, all right? We, we want to create space because uh, cultivating and raising up leaders is a part of advancing the gospel. When Jesus said at the end of the gospel of Matthew, go into all the world and proclaim the news of the gospel, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he's talking about leading. And so the, the greater the level of the leadership, the greater the level of our ability to execute the plans of God in our life. And so we want to pour that into you. It's next Sunday night, sir, at our downtown campus. We don't provide a meal, but we do provide some awesome snacks. So we'll have amelies, some coffee, some hot chocolate, kids' Uh, we, we take care of your kids. Love to have you next Sunday night. And we did tell you that this week we have a big announcement. And that big announcement is this. Is, you know, a few years ago, if you've tracked with us for a long time, you know a few years ago, we're kind of in the same spot that we're at right now. We, we look around and you go, hey, you know, on, on any given Sunday, we, we probably could be so crowded that we wouldn't have a lot of room if somebody came and they were new. And so a few years ago, you know, before the pandemic, we were kind of planning to open a new location. We bought a building downtown. Many of y'all have been there. And so we opened um, that in 2020. The plan was actually to, to open that in the spring of 2020 because we were in the middle of the pandemic. We didn't open it until August. And so uh, now it's just been sitting there. We, we met there for a little while, and then we pivoted back over here uh, last summer. But what I'm excited to tell you is that in April, we're going to open both locations for the very first time. We're going to try this. This has been the plan for a long time. And so we're going to open both locations simultaneously. Both of them are going to have kids' ministry. So if you're like, where? Where's kids? We're, we're going to kids ministry at both locations. Both of them are going to have live worship. You can get your free coffee, just like you always have, okay? Uh, the only real difference is that at our downtown location, the preaching will not be live. I will be live here, but it will be video at our downtown location. And, and some of you, I remember having some conversations when we went through this initially, and people were going, I don't know if that's going to work. You know I mean? What's that going to be like at church? Like, we're in, we're in a small town. How are you going to do video? Nobody wants to. And then for 22 weeks and 
2020, that's all we did. We just did video for 22 weeks. We didn't even meet live. And so I think we know now that it does work and it can work. And we designed that facility specifically for that. And so that'll open the very first week of April. And I'm excited about what that means for us. It means an opportunity in this season to grow. And, and for the month of April and the month of May, we're going to try it out. We're just going to see how it goes. Uh, we, we use that phrase, we're going to try it out, because we ain't never done this before. Uh, we don't know. We, we know all the stuff that we can check the boxes off and go, we've prepared, we've we figured that out, we got leaders, we got this stuff, but, but we ain't never done it. So we're going to figure it out uh, for a couple months and just kind of get our, our first taste of what that's going to look like. So the Sunday schedule will stay the same here. Really, the experience is going to stay the same here, but we'll add a 10 o'clock video service at our downtown campus starting in April. All right, so I'm excited about that. So let's get into this, into this series, Gifted, Spiritual Gifts. And if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to notice today is that God wants to give you gifts. Now, that statement is remarkably true in the context of the Bible, all right? God wants to give you gifts, but, but it's been twisted a little bit culturally because we'll, we'll take our ideology and superimpose that on the truth of the Bible, and well, then that must mean that God wants to give me the gifts that I want, and that is material things, and that's not, well, while it is true that God does bless us materially, um, let's be honest, it's not always with the stuff we want, and we, we, that's not the message of the Bible. God does, however, we can't throw that out with the truth. God does want to give you gifts. One of the most popular verses, I mean, Tim Tebow wrote it, and it's in the Bible, that, that God so loved the world that he, what, gave us his only son, right? John three sixteen. God wants to give you gifts, and we say this around here a lot, that we want you to get everything God wants to give you. When Jesus died on the cross, he did so in payment for what God wants to give you in your life, and everything that Jesus died for, we want you to live in it, all right? We want you to get everything, and the, 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 tr the simple reality of God is that God gives good gifts, I mean, y'all, y'all have anybody have that friend that gives good gifts? You know, if you get like an envelope from them, or you get a little package from them, you know it's gonna be something good. You get a little excited when you get that one, right? Because that this is gonna be a good gift. I, I was actually I told the story in the first service. My mom and dad were here, and I, I love watching my mom and dad exchange presents. My mom will buy my dad everything you could think of. She will listen for months to try to figure out the little things that he might want. And she'll find them real cheap somewhere and go buy them for my dad. And my dad will have boxes, 10, 20 boxes of presents. My dad does not give gifts that way. He gives one gift. And the color is green. He just gives money. That's all he gives. And so he always gets my mom a card, right? And since I think the only gift she gets is that card. My mom has built this narrative up that my dad must go to wherever they sell cards and spend hours finding the perfect card. He reads them all, and then he finds the one that fits me. And, and so she'll get it, and she'll open that card, and she'll start reading, and you'll see tears just streaming down her face. Oh, she's just moved. You know, it's not the money. It's the, the card that, that catches her heart. And I want you to think about the things of God 
the way that my mom thinks about those cards from my dad. I want you to realize that everything that God brings into your life, he does on purpose. And it is so very intentional, and it is so very good. Can we just take a moment and talk about some of the gifts that God has already given each of us? Here's the first one, God's Son, Jesus. That's John 3, 16. Simplest message of the Bible, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would receive him would not perish, would not die, but would live eternally. God gave us Jesus. So when you look at the the cross of Jesus Christ, it's actually a gift. Like that's a gift. You don't have to die that death because God gave his son up, not just to be adored and known, but to die in your place. And what he purchased for us was this, gift number two, eternal life. This beautiful reality that our lives are not marked by the day that we were born and the day that we die. That we transcend this life into eternity because of the gift of Jesus. I mean, that's exactly what John 3, 16 says. It's what the Bible says here in Romans 6, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We earn death because of our sin, so one day we will taste and experience death. That is a part of this. It's a part of the wreck of this world. But because of Jesus Christ, those who have chosen God transcend that into eternal life. Ephesians 2.8 says something about this that I want you to see. For it is by grace you have been saved. And that is through faith. This is not from yourself It is the gift of God. Our salvation is not something we earn. It's something we're given. I want to say that again. Y'all need to hear that. Our salvation is not something we earn. It's something we're given. It's a gift. God gives good gifts. Here's another gift. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us. We actually took this year to talk about the Holy Spirit. The very beginning of this year, we did a series called Be Filled. And I told you that y'all can be filled with a lot of things, can't you? All right? You can be full of yourself, be full of hate, or we can do what the Bible says. We can be full of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. In John 14, uh, Jesus speaking says, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another counselor, that he may be with you forever. That's important because he's saying, listen, I'm going to go But when God sends the Holy Spirit, he will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom, pay attention to this, the world cannot receive. For it does not see him, nor does it know him, but you know him, and he lives within you and will be in you, or lives with you and will be in you. Now, this is so important to notice that if you're not following God, you cannot receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there is stuff in the heart of God for you that if you don't have a right relationship with God, you can't receive it. And one of those things is what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks, the spiritual gifts. That's another gift. This is a good gift that God has for spiritual gifts. Romans 12 says we have different gifts according to the grace of given to us. So grace is unmerited favorites when God gives us something that we didn't earn. And so every person in this room that's following God, who's received the work of the Holy Spirit in their life, God is offering 
spiritual gifts. And these are very different. And so when I said initially, if you're taking notes, that God wants to give you gifts. Number two, I want you to notice this, that God wants to give you spiritual gifts. He wants to give you spiritual gifts. This is so important. I believe that the reception of spiritual gifts, our posture to say, God, you are a giver. You do things that are supernatural. This could not only change our lives, but it could change so much about our lives. It could change your relationships. It could change the way you parent. It could change the way you lead at work. God wants to give us spiritual gifts. Now, this is one of the reasons that we're doing this series. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. How many of y'all are like, I didn't know the Bible said that. <laughs> I feel very uninformed about the spiritual gifts, right? That's why we're doing this series. Because there's so many of us that while we may know, okay, I believe that God is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And I, I, mean, I know the Spirit leads us, and I know there's some roles of the Holy Spirit. I've, I've never really kind of spent much time, and that's why we took the last few months to talk about the Holy Spirit. You've never spent time looking at the gifts of the Spirit. And this is what the Bible's saying here. 1 Corinthians 12, the Corinthian church, when Paul's writing them, they got all kind of weird stuff going on with spiritual gifts. And he's saying, listen, I don't want you to be uninformed about these things. They're good. I want you to have everything God wants for you. And one of the ways that we can ensure that we get it is by making sure that we're informed. So can we just define a spiritual gift? I know some of you are note takers, so I'm going to read this three or four times. Look at this. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability from God gifted to each of his children to advance his purposes in this world. A supernatural gift is a supernatural ability. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability from God, gifted to each of his children to advance his purposes in this world. Just to break that, a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability. This is not just, I've always been good at that. And it's given to God's kid. In other words, like we like to say culturally that we are all God's children. That is not true, okay? The, the Bible says that we are God's children or the other phrase is that we're children of wrath, all right? So we're either living for God, I've been adopted into his family, or I've rejected God and I'm living in the wrath of sin because I've rejected the work of God. God gives gifts to his children, and here's why, to advance his purposes in this world. So important, all right? So Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls. Peter is speaking, and the very first thing he does is quote the prophet Joel. Look at what he says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's a spiritual gift. We're actually going, I'm, I'm so interested in you not being naive in that anymore. I'm going to preach an entire message on prophecy next week. Did you know that the Bible says that we should all prophesy? 
That's what Peter's saying here. You're, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, another spiritual gift. Your old men will dream dreams, spiritual gift. You will, even on my servants, notice both men and women. This is how subversive the message of Jesus was in the first century. Not just to those who have power, to everybody. To men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will what? Prophesy. All right? From the very beginning of this move of the Holy Spirit, the early church recognized that through that, God was giving spiritual gifts. So for the rest of our time together, it's not going to take real long. Just going to ask the question, why does God give us spiritual gifts? Why? What's his, what's his reasoning here? And so the first one is God wants to empower us to make a difference in our world. That's what a good leader does. A good leader empowers people. I love our staff. We have an amazing staff. The people who work at this church, so many of them could leave this church right now and go somewhere else, get another job. There's probably four guys on staff right now that could pastor another church. And you want to know what they say? I want to be here. I want to be in this city. I want to be at this church. I love that. It's so powerful. And my job with them is to empower them. God has given me authority. God has given me power. God has given me wisdom. And so my job is to go, I'm going to give you some of that power. I'm going to give you some of that wisdom. I'm going to empower you to fulfill your role. And that's exactly the way God works with us in our lives. Jesus actually shows us the pattern. In Acts, 10, Acts chapter 10, one of the early church fathers speaking about Jesus says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. If you remember, Jesus is baptized. He comes out of the water, and the, the gospel writers record that the Holy Spirit rests on Jesus. It looks like a dove coming down from the Father. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And then what? He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. This is so important for you to see that the pattern set by Jesus is a pattern we are expected to follow. That we get the Holy Spirit. We get the power of the Spirit. God is with us. And around our lives, there should be, according to the Bible, displays of God's power. Ephesians 2. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, for what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Y'all need to hear me, okay? Some of y'all might be asking that question, why am I alive? And the simple question is not to learn more. You are created in God to do something. God has made something that only you could do. And in his foreknowledge, knowing the way the world was going to, he, he literally put you in your circumstance, in your world, with a unique personality and a unique set of gifts to make a unique difference that nobody else could do. Before we were ever around, prepared in advance, God destined you, he made you, you're his handiwork to do good 
works. 1 Corinthians 12, as the Apostle Paul goes on in that chapter to talk about gifts, notice what he said. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can what? We can help each other. It's not to draw attention to me. It's not to make me more popular. It's not to build up my ego. I'm, I'm empowered by God to make a difference. And some of y'all are going, yeah, you, you know what? I really want to make a difference, and I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to love the people around me. Trying to, and here's what I want you to hear. You will never be able to make a God-sized impact on your own. Spiritual gifts empower us to make a God-sized difference in our lives. I, I honestly believe that when we think about the purposes of God, God wants to empower you so that people who know you sit back and look and go, listen, I knew that dude when, and, and there's no way he'd be doing what he's doing right now. A God-sized difference. Spiritual gifts are given to empower us, to empower us to make a difference. This is one of the reasons God give, gives us spiritual gifts. So number two, the, the second reason, I want you to see every gift God gives has a unique and vital role in his plans and purposes. Every gift has a unique and vital role. I mean, this is how intentional God is with us. God is, is looking and going, this is what you need for, for my plans and my purposes. I, I'm going to make sure. And some of us, the, the problem is, is that we, we receive what God has given, but we never actually put it into his plan and his purposes. And, and what happens is, is we receive stuff from God, and then all of a sudden we, we're going, I don't know where it went. I felt like there was a time that God was kind of flowing through my life. And, and you know what happened was you kind of stood outside of his plans and purposes. Look at what 1 Peter 4 says. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Which means there are a lot of different kinds of gifts. Okay? A lot of different. There's a lot of different gifts. And what does he say? Manage those gifts well so that God's generosity, go back please. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. In other words, my ability to connect my giftedness to God's plan and God's purposes is what allows God's generosity to flow through my life. God has a lot of different gifts. And I'm going to explain that today using something that I love, okay? Um, and it's called cookies. I don't know if you can tell that by looking at me, um, but I love cookies. My family loves cookies. We, as a church, we love cookies. You know, I don't know if you've noticed that, but when we have a special occasion, we buy fancy cookies. We go to a French bakery, and we come back with some macaroons. My family, we love cookies so much that my wife, for the last two months, has tried to learn how to make our own macaroons, okay? So she's making macaroons at home. So I'm going to tell you a story of cookies so that you can see maybe where your giftedness intersects the variety of gifts that God has. All right, you might have, next slide, the, the gift of mercy. If you would go, oh, you see somebody who's hurting, and you go, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Can I go get you some cookies, right? 
If that's where your heart goes when you see somebody going through a hard time, I feel bad for them. I need to go get them some cookies, okay? You probably have the gift of mercy, all right? You might have the gift of preaching if you look at somebody like me and you want to say, that's what happens when you eat too many cookies, Kevin. That's why you're fat, all right? That's the gift of preaching, the gift of serving, all right? You, you dropped your cookie. You dropped your cookie. Let me, let me help you clean it up. The gift of teaching is, oh, well, the, the reason you dropped your cookie is because your plate was obviously heavy on one side, and that's why you dropped your cookie. The gift of exhortation or encouragement. But that's okay. Everybody dropped a cookie before. Y'all want some people like that around, don't you? I just need, I need some people with the gift of encouragement in my life. The gift of giving. Oh, here, take my cookie, right? When I was in Honduras, man, every coffee shop we went to this past week, I was like, show me a new cookie. I don't, I don't find a cookie I've never seen before. I'm going to try some new cookies. Give me your cookie, right? That's, a, that's the gift of giving. Oh, you dropped your cookie? Here, take mine. And here's the gift of administration. All right, Jim, you, you go get the mop. John, you, you sweep it up. And Mary, why don't you go make some more cookies for them? That's the gift of administration. There's a lot of different gifts in the heart of God. And here's what can happen, is that we can hijack those gifts and use them for our own purposes. We can hijack those gifts and use them to build our own kingdom. And the truth of, of God's generosity is that to keep the generosity of God flowing through our life, we have to continually say, God, I'm going to use this gift, this unique gift in my life for your plans and your purposes. And somebody needs to hear me. The way that God is gifting you in your life is unique to you to make a unique difference through you. God wants to do something in your life that nobody else, as it's in you and flows through you, has the ability to do. The way God gifts us. I mean, that's so important. Number two, that God, the way he gifts us is unique to his plans and purposes. And then number three, why does God give us spiritual gifts? This is so important. The way God gifts you points to who you really are. This is a question of identity. And you don't have to look real far to understand that in our culture, this may be the most prevalent question being asked today. This is why people are picking their own pronouns, deciding their own letter out of the alphabet. Why? It's a question of identity. Who am I? Who am I really? And the way God gifts you points you to who you really are. I, you, you need to be reminded today that God knows who you are. Psalm 139 says this. This is David praying to God. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Which means before you ever breathed your first breath, God knew who you are. And, and David says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. What are his works? His work is what he has made. David's saying, I'm one of your works. I am wonderful. And I'm not wonderful because of who I am. I'm wonderful because of who made me. God, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. 
God made you naturally. And that includes natural abilities and aptitudes. Many of y'all know this, but before we moved up here and planted this church, uh, I, I was on staff at a church in Columbia, South Carolina. I got to be good friends with a guy who came to our church. His name was Rick Sanford. Uh, Rick was an all-American cornerback at, um, at the University of South Carolina in, in the late 60s. Ended up going on to play for uh, eight seasons for the Patriots. Started, played free safety in the NFL. And Rick became my friend. He came to our church. And one day we were sitting down having lunch. And, and he said, you know, Kevin, when I was a kid, I had, had older brothers. I had a brother who was four years older and a brother who was six years older than me. And most of the kids in our neighborhood were, were their age. And, and everybody would come over. And, and in our backyard, we would just play some pickup football. And we'd throw the ball. And he said, you know, from the, the time that I was a little kid, I could run faster than everybody. I never had to work at it. I never had to train for it. It was just a God-given ability. And please hear me. There are things in you that you have always had. For some of you, it might be a, a, a talent. And it's been there since you were a little kid. And may, maybe for some of you, it's, it's, you, you just have that intellect and that reason. For some of you, it might be people skills or personality, but it's, it's just been there. God made you with that natural ability or that natural aptitude. Hear this, that's not a spiritual gift. As a matter of fact, you will retain those even if you are not repentant to God. You can live far away from God, rejecting God and still live in that giftedness and those, those natural abilities and aptitudes. But that's not what we're talking about in this series. We're talking about spiritual gifts. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, God remakes you supernaturally. And that includes the giving of spiritual gifts. God remakes you supernaturally. And that includes the giving of spiritual gifts. That, that's been a part of my story. Can I just share that with you for a moment? If, if my parents got out our, our photo books from when I was a kid, you, you would see pictures of me from the time I was a little kid up to my, my teenage years holding a guitar. I had, I had one all the time, but I couldn't play it. As a matter of fact, I wanted to play the guitar when I was a teenager, and my, my parents, for one of my birthdays, went out and bought me a nice guitar, and I got that, and they paid for lessons, and after all the lessons, I still couldn't play that thing, and I just boxed it up and put it under my bed. Then when I was a senior in high school, God changed my life. I, I, when I say I came to know Jesus, it, this was not some subtle incremental change. I mean, it was the, the people who were around me in that season were like, you went from being that person to being that person overnight. God, God rescued me. And I went to college the next year and, and, and God, through that first semester of college, started, you know, I'd really like to play that guitar. I'm going to a church and we sing these really simple praise and worship choruses. I'd I'd love to do that in my room. So I went back at Christmas and I got that guitar out from underneath the bed. And I went back to college. No lesson. 
just a little book that showed me how to do some chords. And for two months, I just sat alone in my room playing that little guitar and singing these really simple worship songs. And what I could not do on my own in just a couple months, I was able to do. It was a gift. It was a gift. And I didn't see it coming, but right after that, I, I, got, a, I got an invitation. And some of my friends, we were, started traveling around, and I would lead worship at these I never sang in front of it. My parents, I mean, there's nothing musical about my mom and dad. They don't play any instruments. They don't sing. I didn't go, my dad had like five albums in my house, okay? That's it. I didn't grow up in that environment. And so what God, God was just breathing something new into me. And I started traveling and leading worship at these small little churches. And we'd go in and, and, and help them do some services over a weekend. And, and then the next year I tried out for a very exclusive uh, club at our, at our, at our school and, and, and got made it. And for the next three years traveled all over the United States singing playing worship and leading people into worship and, and I never I mean that was something that I would have never dreamed of ever now I don't think I'm a good singer I mean the two the two folks leading worship today have amazing voices I don't but what I have I didn't have outside of the Holy Spirit even even what I'm doing right now I tell this story enough just because I need to be reminded of it but when I was a senior in, in high school at South Stanley, taking AP English, uh, one, one of our whole nine weeks was a, a project-based learning assignment. And, and a third of my grade was going to be, I had to do an oral presentation on a, on a piece of literature that I was assigned. And I went to my teacher when he gave the assignment. I said, I will not do that. I'll take a zero on it. I'll get a hundred on everything else. I'll be fine. I'll pass the class. I had to sit in front of the principal and defend that decision because I wasn't going to do this. And if you knew me back then, you'd understand that. This is not, this is so very the gifts of God com coming alive inside of somebody. This is not me. When you receive the Holy Spirit, God remakes you in the way, this is the point, why does God give us spiritual gifts? Because the way God gives you points you to who you really are. Romans 12, look at this. For it, by the grace, and I asked them to put the whole scripture up here because I want you to see it all at once. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just... As each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. I want you to notice a few things that are said early in this when talking about the way that we're gifted. And the first thing it says is, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. You know, our, our perspective of ourselves is always, always, always skewed. You will never 
completely or fully understand yourself uniquely through your perspective of yourself. And the sad truth of who we are is represented in that sentiment that more of us are more inclined to think more of ourselves than we should. Don't think more highly of yourself. Don't have an improper view of who you are. And then he says what? Think of yourself with sober judgment. Because there's nothing that will get you drunk like your ego. Your ego will make you think that you are better at things than you are. It'll make you feel responsible for good things in your life that are gifts. Your ego will lie to you about who you are. It'll get you drunk on you. So have sober judgment. In other words, have a right perspective over who you are. And then, but, but think of yourself in accordance with the faith that you've been. In other words, allow the one who created you to give you the right view of you. I want to say this over every person in the room today. I want you to be you. I, want you, I don't want you to be a bad, fake knockoff of somebody else. I want you to be fully you. You. The way God made you to be. But the only way to be fully you is to be the you God created you to be. You can keep looking at God and saying, God, but I'm this way. And God's going, "Uh uh-uh, I made you. I know who you are. The only way you will ever be fully you is to be the you God created you to be. And I said this before, but in this moment, it's important to say it again. If you want to understand the creation, don't ask the creation. You have to ask the creator. I'm not going to walk up to a work of art and go, hey, what do you mean? I'm going to go to the artist and go, hey, would you help me understand? what you created. And there's some of you who are trying to craft identities out of who you say you are, and you will never be that. You'll never be. And some of that's like, I want to be, and some of that's, I'm, I'm this mess that I made in my past. And that's the beautiful thing about the way God gives us. God's gifts point us towards God's purposes. And if you'll look at the way God's gifted your life, it'll point you to your identity. But some of us, some of us have not experienced that. We haven't experienced the giftedness of God because we're not surrendered to God. And you need to hear this. You'll never be fully you until you're fully surrendered to God. You'll never be fully you. You're not going to be who you really are until your life is fully and completely surrendered to God. So let me just give you some next steps today, okay? Let me just give you some of that. If you're here today and you're like, I know I have this gift. 
then grow the gift God has already given you. Grow that gift. In the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul's writing his mentee. He's, he's mentoring young Timothy. And he said, Timothy, fan into flame the gift that you already received when we laid hands on you. In other words, you got the gift. It's just a small little fire right now. But here's what I want you to do is grow that gift. Get better at it. Work at it. Which means that when God gifts you, you don't just rest in your giftedness. You work to grow your giftedness. Grow the gift that God has already given you. Some of us, the next step needs to be, we need to pray for spiritual gifts. You might be here today and go, you know what? I do not serve well. I get real selfish. I ask questions about what am I getting out of it. God, I need the gift of service. I want to serve people. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I don't want to end this race being so selfish. God, would you give me that gift? And you want to know what will happen? It'll actually, God will give you that gift and people will go, what happened to him? That dude used to be so, why see, what's, it's all God. It's all God. Pray for spiritual gifts. Some of us need this. We need to repent for being selfish in the use of our gifts. You know you got a gift, but you've used it to build your own kingdom. You know you got a gift, but you've used it to serve your own purposes. And we need to repent because the gifts that God has given us are there to build His kingdom. Out of obedience, His kingdom. And for some of us, the next step is we need to surrender our lives to God. Because we can't even receive the gifts if we're not fully surrendered to God. You'll never be fully you until you're fully surrendered to God. Can we take a moment and pray together? Let's do that right now. God, we just thank you for this time. God, we're, we're, we're feeling the loss of an hour right now. We're just going to confess it. We lost our sleep. Some of us weren't smart. We stayed up way too late last night. That's why we're in the second service today. But God, in a moment like this, you got something real good for us. Help us to not miss it. Maybe today, God, what we need to do is to make a commitment to you that, God, I'm going to grow that gift you gave me. I'm not going to rest in my giftedness. I'm actually going to lean into it and I'm going to grow that gift to serve you better. For some of us, God, maybe today is the first moment that we actually start doing what your word says when it says to desire spiritual gifts. God, maybe today we need to start asking for a spiritual gift. And God, as some of us reflect over the gifts that we might have, maybe today, in this moment. What we actually need is to repent because we've had gifts and we know we're gifted and we've been trying to follow you, but we've been using those gifts to build our own kingdom, to serve our own purposes. So maybe today we need to repent. And maybe today, God, there are some of us that are in here 
And when Jesus, you said that, that the world will not know the Holy Spirit. We don't know the Holy Spirit. We're not living following you. We've rejected you. We're doing our own thing, our own way. And the next step for us today, God, needs to be for us to surrender our lives. So help us in this moment to respond to your initiative in our heart. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.